Uh, the scripture reading today is 2 Timothy 3, 10-17, and it's from the New Living Translation. This is Paul's charge to Timothy. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Listeria. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Teresa. And as you're reading that word this morning, I thought of uh, the one who's just come back from Cameroon because... He has been teaching the Word of God, the Book of Romans, and uh, in Cameroon. Welcome home, Sid, and glad you are home safely after uh, three weeks away and teaching the Book of Romans in uh, Indu, Indu, Cameroon. Yeah, super. Well, uh, opportunity this morning for us to open God's Word, and always a privilege to be able to do that. Thanks for praying over these past two months uh, as we have given our attention to a series on hearing God. I think this is the, uh, the eighth message and we'll conclude just before the two summer months hit uh, with uh, this last message on hearing God. Uh, and what blesses my heart, uh, just let me say this, is to, is to say again that this is not an area of life that needs to be shrouded with mysticism, uh, making it difficult for any of us to embrace this uh, this is an adventure for every one of us, and it's a road. It's a huge road of blessing and joy. Uh, so this is not something strange or overly emotional, causing us to wonder if we've gone just a little bit over the edge here. No, what thrills my heart and what fills my heart is that we get to walk through this life with an ear turned and tuned toward heaven, and God whispers into our ears and into our hearts some divine promptings. Isn't that awesome? I just look back over some of my life and I can see that some of his low volume whispers that have launched me into areas of adventure and challenge have come because of, of, of those promptings of God. I would have never gone that direction except for his whisper. 
As I told you before, uh, I remember sitting in church as a 15-year-old and having trouble identifying what it really was that was speaking to me, but I knew it was someone, and I assumed it was God as a, as a young teenager. And I look back now, and I, I say, those were promptings, those were urgings, those were the beginnings uh, of a direction for my whole life. They were God whispers. It's been those little promptings that have propelled me forward. Uh, when I felt discouraged, it's been those little promptings that have lifted me and, and said, Go! What a pathway God has set before all of us. Learning to hear from heaven while navigating life here on earth. Listening for the whisper. Do you believe that the God of creation, the transcendent God, actually customizes little messages for you and me and he speaks into our ears and our hearts all through this journey of life? Do you believe that? That he takes the time to give us personalized messages just to tell us that he loves us or to give us a sense of direction or to sound a warning that we need to be careful in some area? Do you think that actually happens? Do you think there are some whispers with your name on it? I would love TCC to be counted among those who found balance in this area. Not a weirdness, not a, uh, but a normality. A church that listens to God and hears his voice. Yes, an authentic openness to the God who loves us and in his time and in his way communicates with us who customizes his words, his messages to each one of us. Wow. Last Sunday, uh, as we engaged the subject of listening for God's guidance, we were reminded from the life of uh, David that God actually gives very specific direction to his children. And as you listen to God, some of his direction will be very specific. Some of his words are comforting and encouraging, uh, but some of the words give us very specific next steps. We come to a crossroads where we hear God's words of guidance, and that is a personal decision on our part as to whether or not to submit to his guidance and listen to what he has to say. We can resist that. We will always have that choice. Or we can say, well, I think I got a better edge on this than God does, and I think I'll handle it my way. Or we can say, whatever way you take me, Lord, Whichever direction, you take me to the right, you take me to the left, I'm in, and I'm yours. And as God gives us a personal word, a whisper from heaven, I'm finding that he strengthens our confidence in that area. I know there are times when you say, was that really you, God, or was that just me? Was that, were those just my thoughts? Was, were, are those just my desires? And so we get better and better and better through experience and time at hearing the awesome heavenly whispers. This morning, let's just talk a little bit about balance in this whole area of hearing God. And we can frame it around three different areas. First, there's the balance of Bible reading and Bible study. 
And I just want to say that listening to those customized little messages that the Holy Spirit sends to you and me is not a replacement for regular Bible reading and study. That's the balance. Listening for guidance must not replace Bible study. There may be some, I don't know, who, who never read their Bible, but instead just want to listen for the whispers of heaven, the inner promptings of the Spirit. But just a reminder of balance here. Just a reminder of how many whispers that you have already accumulated in this book. They are the whispers of heaven over a period of many years. And they've gotten written down for all of us to keep sharp through our journey of life. And God, I know, will customize more for us, but here are the foundational whispers. Paul wrote a letter to his young colleague, Timothy, and uh, Teresa read it this morning, and, uh, and he put it this way, that all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what's true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And you know, folks, I read that again this week with fresh eyes for how God has whispered to us from heaven. There are a ton of whispers that are already recorded. So some things that we just automatically know through this incredible book. You don't have to ask God whether to help your neighbor or not. It's in the book. You don't have to wonder if it's all right to take a day off and rest. It's called a Sabbath. It's in the book. You don't have to wonder about taking a gun or knife and killing somebody. You don't need a whisper from heaven to not do that. It's in your heart already, and it's in the book. There's a lot of great stuff in the book that will put you down the road a very long ways. But you will have specific questions that are not in the book. Who specifically should you marry? It's not in the Bible. But you can ask guidance from the Lord and you can invite him to whisper into your heart. But you can gain a lot of great tips from the book about the kind of person you should marry. The specifics will be yours to ask God and to hear his customized messages. Don't skimp on the basics. You know what the basics are. I heard about a, a young man who, who wanted to make a living in construction. Actually, he was really good at it. He was a good carpenter. He didn't have much money for startup costs, so he bought some tools. And he got hired on the job site, and it's, he seemed to be doing fine because he's very gifted. But after a couple of days, the foreman, uh, the foreman inspected his work and discovered that everything was off just a little bit, slightly askew. And the company had to come after him and redo everything, which of course cost them money. And they had to let the young guy go. It was sad. Uh, the young guy had given his best and he thought he'd, he'd done his best. And as he was leaving, the foreman said to him, wait a minute, uh, let me see your tape measure. And when he laid his own tape measure alongside the young man's, the source of the trouble became clear very soon. Where'd you get that thing? The foreman asked. And the dejected young man told him about the discount store. 
And the guy said, that's your problem. You bought a cheap tape measure. It's wrong. It's close, but it's not on. And the foreman said, son, when you buy your tools in the future, don't skimp on the basics. Because when those are wrong, everything else you do will be a little wrong too. A basic logical theorem says that if your starting premise is incorrect, then every subsequent conclusion will have a high percentage of also being incorrect. And in the Christian life, the Bible is your basic premise. That's your plumb line. We start there. And the basic premise, those collected whispers from heaven, are worth getting to know. The manual can be read and read and read and reread. I smiled. I had the privilege to lead a 92-year-old lady to the Lord some years ago. And uh, uh, she was an avid reader, even at the age 92. So I brought her the Bible, and I came in to visit her in the hospital, and uh, she had read the Old Testament already in a, in a couple of three weeks. And I came back and uh, a little bit later, and she had read the whole New Testament. And one day I came back, and she said, I've read it all. What's next? Like, she had never read the Bible before. And she thought it was just like any other book. You read it once, you're through, you're done. But actually, reading the Bible and studying it is a lifetime process. It's, uh, it's the whispers of heaven that you read and reread and get into your heart, and they get deeper into your heart and deeper into your heart. And it's like athletes. I mean, they go through exercises physically that continue to strengthen them. Core exercises, cardiovascular, one wide receiver in football. Oh, I shouldn't even mention football. It made me think of last night. Wasn't that awful? Last night? Oh. Anyway, uh, the wide receiver said, I may ab be able to run and receive passes, but I also do a thousand sit-ups every day. A thousand sit-ups every day. Uh, Ignaz Paderewski was a renowned Polish pianist who lived in the first half of the 20th century. When his government requested that he play concerts in order to raise money, he replied, I will be a part of the war effort under one condition. You must allow me every day to continue playing scales three hours a day. Pay me for eight hours, I will play scales for three. They didn't hesitate to accept his offer. Why would some of his enormous uh, talent uh, insist on playing scales, someone with his enormous talent insist on playing scales for three hours every day? He had a ready answer to that question. He said, if I skip one day of scales when I play in concert, I notice it. If I skip two days of scales, my coach will notice. And if I skip three days, the world will notice. And what I, what I get from that is that regularly playing scales keeps the dexterity of the fingers in great performance mode. It gives the ability to move with speed and accuracy. And you know, every devoted follower of Christ does scales. Regular, consistent, 
scouring of this book, underlining it, journaling it, asking questions, receiving input. And you know what it does? It gives the soul its dexterity. It makes us receptive to say, oh, I'm open, Lord, whatever you have to say to me, I'm wide open to you. And when you and I miss our scales, we find ourselves leaning on someone else. Can you help me with this? Have you got a word for me on this? What do you think about this? We may not even start to think about what we're really doing, but before long, we need advice. So we begin to take it from a source that is not our basic premise. And we get spiritually weak. If we go for food without food for several days, how do we start to respond? We get a little on edge. We get a little irritable. We maybe get a headache. We're not quite ourselves. We're missing our basic premise, food. And when we miss diving into the whispers of old, we miss something. And before long, we are making some decisions that are not up to our regular par. You might even start feeling sorry for yourself because your soul hasn't been fed for a while. Pull up to the gas tank, put the nozzle into the soul of your life, release the truth of God's word, and it fills you up. And it puts the energy and the joy back into living. So balance. Listening to those customized little messages that the Holy Spirit sends to you and me is not a replacement for regular Bible reading and study. That's the balance. Listening for guidance must not replace Bible study. Secondly, then, there's the balance of good and godly counsel. The balance of good and godly counsel. Listening to these tailored messages from heaven is not a replacement for receiving wise counsel from others who have wisdom and counsel that could benefit you. I suppose there could be people who are quite happy to hear from God directly because that absolves them of the need to receive counsel from others. Oh, not so. There's a great verse, you know, for our nation and for, the, for each of our lives. And it's found in the book of Proverbs, chapter 11 and verse 14. And it says this, Without wise leadership, a nation falls. But there is safety in having many advisors. And I like the way Eugene Peterson came along and uh, reframed that. He said, without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. You know, God, I, I really believe this, puts people in our pathway to help us walk more effectively. When you and I live wide open to divine direction, courtesy of someone who loves God and who loves us, and when we receive those whispers from others as being from God, and as we receive them with humility and grace, they become beautifully wrapped presents that we can enjoy throughout the rest of our lives. I remember uh, my dad pulling me aside when our girls were very young, uh, probably under six, seven years of age. 
And he saw me teasing them. And he saw me having uh, fun with them, but maybe teasing a little too intensely. Have you ever done that, mom or dad? Just teased a little bit too hard. And he said to me, you don't want to tease them too hard because they won't know how to handle it. Simple little admonishments, all he said. Never forgot his words. First, I was surprised that my dad, their grandpa, said it to me. I, I just wouldn't have expected it. He had never said those kind of things. And then secondly, I remember I felt a little defensive about it for a moment. And then finally, I realized what good counsel it really was. It was good counsel. And maybe God knew the propensity that was within me to tease hard, to give a little barb or to have a little barb in my comments. And so maybe it was something he was preparing me for years to come. And then I remember when I was in college, I had yet another experience where my comments to another student were far too hard and too harsh and too cutting. And I remember another friend coming alongside and calling me on it, calling me on it. Surely the whisper of my friend stung a little bit, but it was a gift. And it helped to move me in the direction of using words that, that build rather than tear down. In John chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus says, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So you know, friends, God whispers to you through the people in your life. And one of the great benefits to that is that any well-timed, well-placed counsel that comes to your life through others can put you on a fast track to freedom in your life. And that's a blessing. And that's a gift. There's a common theme, I find, that most people are battling with. And I see it invading most people's lives. It is a feeling, a feeling, an issue of feeling condemned or unworthy or judged. Just look around you and, and think about the people in your life who have those kind of feelings. And it appears that the enemy has struck a chord in many of our hearts with this sense that we are worthless, we are incompetent, we are inadequate, we are not worth the time of day. We have learned well how to beat up on ourselves. And it's wonderful when we find people coming our way to speak words of encouragement and affirmation and blessing. And most people are so much in need of it. Young or old, there are times when all of us need a mother. Like when first time you get sick out living on your own you've never been sick on your own before or when you face the task of moving and packing up a year's worth of stuff but sometimes mom is 500 miles away or maybe mom prefers a tough love approach that you can't deal with enter rent a mom for around for $40 an hour, you can have your very own mother, figure, help you make a tough decision, provide emotional support, or make you a homemade pumpkin pie when you're spending the holidays alone. No judgment included. She'll just be mom to you. A lady called Nina Canelli, 63 years old of Brooklyn, is the mother for hire. She came up with the idea for the service, rent a mom, 
when she realized that she was dishing out all kinds of advice to youngsters in her evening class. She said, I noticed that a lot of young people in the neighborhood wanted to talk to me about things that were going on in their lives. And she said, as a mother of two adults and one who is familiar with New York City area, she said, she can help millennials navigate the harsh waters of life as a young person in a big city. So she has on her website, you just can call her when you need a mom. Just not your mom, but when you need a mom, you can call her. We all need others. It's just the way God made us. It's just the way God made us. We talk about the five languages of love. You might have read the book, I'm sure you did years ago, called Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, uh, written uh, many years ago. Uh, most popular, I think, among all those languages uh, is the language of affirmation. The language of affirmation. Love does a number on us, and we need somehow to come alongside and affirm and encourage. Listen for the affirmation of the Father through the people that he has put around you. It's an awesome thing. Uh, it's a wonderful gift to have a few people in your life who will give you good counsel. Who will give you good counsel. Who are these people? Someone said, I have a board of directors. But he was really mean, meaning people who were very committed to him. And then he said, a personal board of directors. A personal board of directors. People who invest in his life and who speak into his life. You want people in your life who will be there for you, who will show up for you, who will call you, who will email you, who will hold your confidence, who will love you enough to be truthful with you. They must know how to pray for you, first of all. Uh, these people desire to know you outside of your persona. They want to know you when you have your makeup off. They want to know you when your hair is not done. They love you whatever physical condition you're in. They love you whether you're righteous or unrighteous or healthy or unhealthy. And they know how to pray for you because they know you and they're committed to you. They're praying very specifically for you. And uh, they know you enough in order to be prayerful. If you're choosing someone to come alongside of you and speak into your life, choose someone who knows grace for themselves. Uh, if they don't understand grace and forgiveness, it will be hard for them to hear your heart. We need someone who's gone through something, even if I don't know all the details of it. I need to know that the grace of God has shown up in their lives. And then they must want your success more than your failure. You need people who are going to really cheer you on. They're not jealous of you. If they're jealous of you, they'll smile and they'll talk nice, but then they'll talk behind your back. You've got to have people you know have your back. They want your success more than they want your failure. And those are the kinds of people that I'm talking about. The people in your community of trust. Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. Proverbs 12:15 says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. We're reminded uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 of the diversity of the body. 
Uh, we have different gifts and strengths and experiences. So there is great wisdom in inviting people into your life who can bless you on your journey. And then, uh, finally, the balance of affirming our humanity. The balance of affirming our humanity. There, this may be a little bit more challenging to initially grasp. I simply mean that listening to the customized heavenly messages does not mean that we set aside our humanity and simply ask God to give us a direction for everything and basically find ourselves operating in the mode of a robot. We're not robots. <clears throat> we simply need to be reminded that God wonderfully works through who he made us to be. We, we were made to rule, as we discover in the very first book of the Bible. We were called upon to rule over every living creation, to be good stewards of the earth, and he gave us responsibility to that end. God doesn't kick out cookie-cutter followers. We are all uniquely designed. We don't really understand how unique each of us is. Uh, but uh, yeah, DNA molecules can unite us in an infinite, can unite in an infinite number of ways. The number is 10 to the 2 billionth, 400 millionth power. I have no idea what that means. I just know when God made you, he broke the mold. There's never been and there never will be anyone exactly like you. And it's obvious that God loves variety. He made us so differently. He made extroverts and introverts and thinkers and feelers. Some people work best when given an individual assignment. Just let them go off to the corner and they love it. And while others work better with a team. The Bible says that God works through different people in different ways. But it is the same God who achieves his purposes through them, through them all. So there's no right or wrong temperament for ministry. We need all kinds of personalities to balance the church and the work of God. Uh, but praise God, we come in, in more than 31 flavors, so Baskin-Robbins has nothing on God. Peter was a sanguine, Paul was a choleric, Jeremiah was a melancholy, perhaps Barnabas, I don't know, was, was a phlegmatic, not sure. Here's the point. God values us in our uniqueness and our humanity. He never wants us to be a robot and set aside the incredible way he made us. So it's good to remember that we are interacting with God in prayer, and while we're doing that, and while we're hearing him with our own unique frame of reference, that but there's richness in the journey of appreciating who God made you to be. God honors our humanity. Again, we're not robots. He allows us to wrestle with his purposes. Sometimes we can't figure him out. And in our own humanity and struggle and the way we made it, we question who he is. His ways may seem strange to us, but in actuality, they're just higher than us, our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But he honors our humanity, and he allows us to be who he made us to be as we listen to his words and his direction for us. 
So, balance in hearing God. Now, let me just close by saying, just in case anybody ever asks you this, there's a special word for those tightrope walkers who display amazing feats of balance. We've been talking about balance. On a high wire. They're called funambulists. Funambulists. And when new students step out onto a rope or cable, they almost always begin with the same flawed game plan. They stare downward at the wire to ensure that they have the proper footing. And so they fall. So what is the solution to that dilemma? If you've ever watched The Professionals, you, you know that they never look down at their feet, they never look at the wire, they never look at their hands, they always keep their head up, and they keep looking towards the goal, they keep looking towards the faraway platform in front of them. And can I just say this? Our goal in life, as we walk the tightrope, our goal in life is to hear God as best we can, day by day, day by day. Our balance is to look up so that you can hear him in different ways. Sometimes you will hear him in the word of God. Sometimes you will hear him in the counsel of others. And sometimes you will come to know him in the uniqueness of how he's built you as an individual. And of course, you will hear him through those customized divine whispers that he sends your way. And so we are grateful for those whispers. So balance in listening for God's guidance. Would you stand with me as we pray? Lord, our, our goal and our desire is to hear you and to live in the joy of your presence. So thank you for your word this morning. Uh, thank you for the word of God penetrating us as we journey with you. We cherish your word. Thank you for other people, Lord, you have placed around us. Uh, thank you for those people. What a blessing they are to us. And thank you, Lord, for the uniqueness of how you made us. We value that. Give us balance. May we tune our ears to heaven day by day. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.